When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to keep the uh, league chat going. We're going to talk to Fonzie um, very, very shortly. Uh, of course, Fonzie, co-host of this Warriors Life podcast. I've just, during the news, here's Brisbane's draw for the season. 14 home games, right? Well, two of them were pre-season. So let's say 12 home games. Uh, another game in Brisbane against the Dolphins. Uh, Magic Round is in Brisbane, so there's another one. A game on the Gold Coast, a game on the Sunshine Coast, a game in Townsville. And then one in Canberra, one in Napier, one in Melbourne, three in Sydney, one in Darwin. That's it. Sydney, three games. Shut the gate. Get out. That's not fair. It's not. It's. It's not even not fair. It's not like a little kid being spoiled. It's just. It's. It's not not fair. It's just. There's got to be an investigation into this. It's not equitable. Tooves. <laughs> anyway. I was going to talk about the Warriors. I want to talk about Brisbane a little bit with Fonzie, who joins us now. Fonzie, welcome in. G'day, Stappy. How are you? Oh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty frustrated in the last five minutes of looking at the Brisbane draw. My God. You got me fired up just listening to you there, Stuffy. I've, I've got to calm myself down now and, and talk some proper footy. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, a couple of listeners pointed to me to it. Three games in Sydney in a whole season. It's. That's incredible. And um, all those games at home, Magic Rounds at home, they played the Dolphins at home, then they go down to the Gold Coast, that's virtually home. Sunshine Coast, virtually home. Townsville's not far away. Darwin, jeez. Um, maybe we should call ourselves the New Zealand Broncos. We might get a bit more fear. But anyway, let's talk about this hearty, never-say-die Warriors performance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you choose your reaction, your initial reaction at full-time last night. Oh, I thought it was a moral victory, Staffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you were Craig Bellamy, you probably had more to worry about big picture coming out of that game than if you're Andrew Webster, really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously it sucks not to get the result and it didn't feel like, um, you know, it didn't feel fair at times during that game, I'm not going to lie. But the big picture, the performance was good and in the long run, your results follow performance, you know, not the other way around. So the performance was good and kind of dig into that. Yeah, I think for me, like the real measure of a team and their dedication to their to their club, uh, partly to the country in a way as well, was when there was not enough time to score two tries to get the win, they didn't quit. And for, for years we've said, we don't mind losing as long as they put in and they throw absolutely everything at it. That was the definition of that last night. Yeah, when things go against this team, they don't change the way they go about their work. Uh, they, they're all performing their role as best they can, even when fatigue sets in. And that's the sort of thing that ultimately does bring success if you just get the rub of the green every now and then. What do, what do we make of... I don't, I don't like bagging refs. I don't mind refs making mistakes, but when they can look and look and look... Two things happened pretty much the same. Safa Solomona and Dylan looked 
pretty the same, treated very differently. Now Dylan Walker, it sounds like he's going to get two to three weeks out. It's And people saying it shouldn't have even been a penalty. Um, rubber the green, how, how do we analyse that? Hard to take, Staffy. I mean, I was very frustrated yesterday, as was a lot of the fan base, judging by the callers you guys have had this morning and, um, you know, social media yesterday. And, look, it doesn't help when you're watching this at the end of a long Anzac day when people are probably a bit <laughs> a bit, a bit, cheerful and, and uh, full of vinegar by the time kickoff happens. But, I mean, I think it's just so hard when you're a, a genuine fan to look at this objectively, right? Like, it's like every parent thinks their kid's really special. <laughs> There's a bit of that yes. that happens when you're watching your footy team. So I always find it really hard to objectively step back. But my feeling was that, the ref was like the Walker one was at best a penalty, not a sin bin was mm. my take. Mm. And Sean Johnson got penalized for a, um, some kind of head slam or similar incident that I just don't think was anything at all. And there were a number that the storm got away with, particularly a sofa Solomona. So I, you do just kind of feel that on some level, it's not quite getting looked at the same way, but um, like I said, every parent thinks their kid's special, Staffy, and uh, maybe there's a bit of that going on too within our fan base. Yeah, well, yeah I, maybe. Um, I feel like because I was a bloody bookmaker for so long, you, you remove emotion from things like mm. the only games I cared about winning in rugby was Manawa too. That was the only one I cared about. The rest mm. of the games I just wanted uh, to make profit for the TAV. I'm not going to lie. But I can yep. look objectively and I can look at replays and just go, I don't care who the team is. It's a purple team and a black team or whatever it is. That is a knock-on. And even the referee, uh, sorry, even the Aussie commentators, I had Sam and Kempe on commentary and I had the TV commentary going at the same time to hear the two different viewpoints. And, you know, there's, there's five commentators all involved seeing one thing, bunker referee seeing another one. Now, I'm not saying it's corrupt. I'm not saying they're after us, but they give us the ingredients to make a conspiracy cake. Look, definitely, Staffy, but I think the the other piece of that is how many games over the weekend were there bad calls, mm. you know, and, and other, other teams getting hit by bad calls. So the question isn't, were some of those calls wrong or maybe a bit unfair? I think they probably were. The question is, is it hitting the Warriors disproportionately to other teams or is it just happening in a lot of different games throughout every weekend and we just notice it more because it's the Warriors and we care about them so much you know what I mean like there were I think at the moment the NRL is really struggling with its sort of unofficial clampdown on I'm not even going to say dangerous play I'm going to say rough play they're really struggling to work out in their own minds what are the boundaries for some of these hits you've got the hip drop but then you've also got head slams and other things and I think there's just so much grey out there at the moment that the refs are struggling to interpret and apply consistently. So then you layer on to that Melbourne's playing at home because, you know, we always do get, we don't seem to complain about refs as much when we play at home stuff, you know. So yeah. so you layer all that on and all of a sudden you've got the recipe for these kind of outcomes. Yeah, just just harking back to, I mentioned in the first hour that I interviewed Andrew Abdo last year and I got him to speak to New Zealand about about what this Warriors had sacrificed, blah, blah, blah. And he says, look, we're really appreciative. And, and I talked about how the opposing teams all formed a circle around the Warriors at the end of their matches and thanked them all for the sacrifice and all of that sort of stuff. And I thought, oh, we might get the magic round. We might get something like, we might get, you know, a woman's in league. We might get something. We've got nothing except a really yep. tough draw. 
um, harsh, and I'm not saying they should be easier on us in the judiciary. You just want sort of parity. I haven't seen anything from the NBL to back up the lip service that they've been paying us for the last 12 months. Look, all we got was the All-Stars game. That yeah. was it. And we had a lot of teams pulling players out of that, probably because it was in New Zealand as well. So, um, yeah, they haven't given us anything. And, you know, I think that's disappointing. And maybe that will change over time. But we've just got to get past that, Staffy. Oh, I know. I mean, I think a good example is our New South Wales Cup team is running top of the table at the moment in, in, in that second tier, right? And they're the only team travelling from another country to play against New South Wales teams. And so... If you look at the comparative travel burden on our cup team versus the teams they're playing who are all in and around Sydney, it's enormous, but we still can overcome that and be topping that competition. So it doesn't mean we can't overcome travel and overcome um, you know, the fact that the NRL isn't throwing us any bones in terms of fixtures. It doesn't mean we can't overcome that. Mm. Yeah, and I get the feeling that the Warriors, you know, that word resilience being thrown around, but I think it is the right word. They're just going to say, boys, we're just going to make our own opportunities, right? Yeah, and once you start letting excuses creep into your thinking, then they become excuses and you you stop focusing on what you can control. And I think Webster, you know, has done this from day one. Like, he had every opportunity to say, oh, look, this is going to be a rebuild. It's going to take time. But he refused. He said, no, I'm going after it now from this year where we're looking to win a comp. We may not, but our mindset is that. And I think, you know, it's important that Webby continues to have that mindset in the squad because once it seeps in there that, oh, you know, um, there's all these structural disadvantages, then all of a sudden you, take, you, take, you let yourself, you hold yourself to a lower standard. I don't know whether you knew, but the team's just been named for this weekend against the Roosters, actually. Um, I was clicking refresh just as you rang, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Tane Tuopiki at fullback, Dallin. DWZ on one wing, Ed Cossey on the other wing, uh, midfield of Marcelo Montoya, Adam Pompey. Dylan Walker's been named at six. <laughs> uh, mind yep. you, the Roosters have named Victor Radley as well. Uh, Sean Johnson, seven. Uh, forward back of Adam Fanua Blake. Wade Egan returns. Bunty R4. Um, Jackson Ford, Marata Niokore. Josh Curran will start at 13. Interchange. This is where it gets interesting. Freddie Lussick, Bailey Surinan, Tommy Ali. Uh, Viliami Vailea, extended bench reserves. Uh, Dimitrik uh, Sifakula, Ronald Volkman, Ali Liatawa, Kalani Going and Zion Mau. And then, yeah, so there's one, two, three. There's a lot coming out of that New South Wales Cup team. Um, interesting that they've gone ahead with Dylan Walker. I wonder if that means they're going to compete the charge. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I thought. There's probably grounds to have a crack at that, and they might the club might want to make a point by contesting it. But if we assume that you know, because at the moment they've they've barely recovered from the game on the weekend, they're probably just getting over transit. So it's going to change. That team's going to change by the time we get to mm. the weekend because of all these different things. And I mean, for example, Tolpiki, whose name's at fullback, I believe he got injured in New South Wales Cup on the weekend, and he may not even be available. Whoa. So even our even our first drop fullback, I think, has an injury problem that might rule him out. And so then you're looking at potentially Dullin to fullback and a whole bunch of other reshuffles. So that's going to move around. But one thing that is going to happen is if Akulo, who you mentioned, I think he's going to get a, a start at least off the bench, um, which is exciting because he's been carving up in cup and potentially one or two others from that cup team that I mentioned are doing really well. So the silver lining is we'll get to see some of these guys who go really well in cup. 
um, have a cracking first grade. I haven't spoken to you since the Roger Tuivasa Sheik news, and while it's been welcomed pretty much from both both codes actually, um, and Roger coming back to Mount Smart and back into a Warriors jersey, the the main discussion point is where does he play? The Warriors yeah. haven't indicated where he'll play. I'm pretty sure they know where they want him. How do you think he'll be managed back into the 13 man code? So I'm thinking he's going to play centre. I think that the way I would do it is he will play um, in in good ball attack. He'll basically play almost like a fullback where he'll be um, have a roving role and he can pop up on either side and he's kind of the almost like another half or another hole runner off a half. But in yardage and in defence, Chance is fullback. So basically Chance does all of the fullback role apart from the good ball attack and Roger does the fullback role in that space. And I think that's how you, you get the most out of the extra strike that Roger brings without him having to do all of the, for want of a better word, the donkey work at fullback and the defensive load at fullback. And I think that gives you a fresher Roger for three years that gets your money's worth out of it. Yeah. Do you think, like I've heard people say they might start him on the wing, get his league legs back, uh, maybe a bit of time at centre, but they think ultimately he'll finish up at fullback. Can, can you see maybe halfway through the year? I know injuries, and we're seeing that now, injury suspension. I guess... He, he might be a ready-made fill-in fullback. Um, Chance is still going to be here. C- can you see in the fullness of time he might end up back in the one jersey? Uh, look, I mean, he'd, he'd be he'd be the best fullback at the club, Staffy, from day one, but he'll also be the best centre and probably the best winger. So <laughs> um, it's, a question of, it's a question of where do you get the most out of the different bits that you've got. And so... With Chance doing a very good job at fullback, particularly in yardage and the defensive side of the game, uh, I don't think you get a lot more from Roger in that role. Um, mm. What we need is strike. We need strike. And I think he probably does that best from that sort of roving centre role that I mentioned, or he can do that from there. So I don't, I don't see him ending up as a full-time fullback as long as Chance stays healthy, healthy but who knows? Mm. Would you would you push the button? We're getting a few texts while we're chatting to you. One from uh, Stephen from Hastings says, get Roger over early. Bugger the fullback issues. Problem solved. His ex-club is the Roosters. Line him up this weekend. That's a bit too soon. And I remember him scoring a winner against them in uh, 2018. Get the big boy over now. Do you think that the Warriors, given the situation now, I don't know their financial standing, um, whether they can go into into New Zealand rugby say what will it take to bring him over is it worth a conversation oh look I think uh, I don't know that we've got the cash we're still playing Matt Lodge as far as I know Staffy. <laughs> I, I don't know that we've got the cash this year and I think there's also it sounds like there's a bit of a gentleman's agreement around not disturbing the blues season yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's realistic I'd love to see it as a Warriors fan gee it'd be handy but I don't think that's realistic for now. I think they're very, it's very possible once the Super Rugby season ends, if he's not picked for the All Blacks tour. I think at that point where we're having a different conversation, but I, I can't see any approach or uh, anything like that while the Blues are still alive. Mm, yeah, I'm very much. I'm looking. I'm loving this year, but I'm looking forward to seeing him back again next year and how how it's all all weaved in. Um, just one last thing, Fonzie. The salary cap you mentioned. Is there anywhere publicly that we can see who's where when it comes to salary? How much more the Warriors have got to spend if they got 
have, have they got another 600 grand that they can chuck at someone? Is that public knowledge? No, no, because player salaries aren't public, so we don't know. You, you can't sort of reverse engineer it. All you get is occasional media articles guesstimating what each player's on, and you can sort of try and work back from that, but they're often not worth the paper they're written on, Staffy. It's, it's deliberately not public, mm. and so you sort of rely on the club to give you an idea of, you know, do we have money for a marquee or not? Having money for a marquee is code for we've got a million bucks up our sleeve. Um, <laughs> you know, looking to make one or two signings is code for we've got sort of five, six hundred up our sleeve. Do you know what I mean? That's about as good as you get. What about what about this latest one? I just thought of another one actually that um, the, yeah. there's going to be salary cap. Um, what's the word? It, it, you can be excused from the salary cap by a million dollars if you get Argentinian or South African rugby players. How's that met? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't really see that it's what we need. Um, I think that if the idea is to attract better athletes into rugby league and better players into rugby league, we're better off focusing on development pathways and playing, paying younger players more earlier because then we'll get the cream of the crop before they've become big in mm. other competitions like Super Rugby or um, other rugby union competitions. Because there's just no way it makes sense to go and get an un, unproven league player on a million bucks, whether or not it's in your salary cap. Mm. Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. Unless You'd you, much rather. You, you, yeah. could, you could possibly get, you know, three, you know, hard-bone blindside flankers from South African, you know, from the Bulls or the Sharks or something like that. They might go for 300 grand because they're not paid very much, the South African rugby players. You might be able to do that. But I, I was just scratching my head and I said, is this just a little bit of a middle finger from the NRL to rugby about Suali'i, et cetera, Korumbeti that's happened in the past? Is, is, there, is it a bit of mind games between league and, and rugby in Australia? Well, I think it is a way of the NRL saying, hey, guys, just, just remember where the money is in Australia New Zealand sport, it's not with union, it's with league, mm. right? So if you want to start poaching, you know, rugby has the benefit of the central um, funding and, and player um, player contracting structure where the central body contracts the top team, like the national team here in Australia, whereas in the NRL it's dispersed to 17 clubs. So yes, the ARU is powerful compared to any one NRL club and can outbid them. But the ARU cannot outbid the NRL if the NRL ever decided to centrally have a crack, mm. right, in the same way. Mm. And so I think there's a little bit of the NRL just reminding the ARU that we've got a lot of levers we could pull, and if you get sufficiently difficult for us, we might start pulling them. Mm. Fonzie from this Warriors Life podcast. Do subscribe and go and have a listen to it. A great bunch of, a lot of information, a lot of uh, attitude, a lot of emotion. Uh, Fonzie, always enjoy our chats. Thanks for today. Cheers, Duffy. Thanks. There he is, Fonzie. Go and follow it, the This Warriors Life podcast. Give us a yell, 0800 150 Reaction to all we talked about just then, or you're always welcome to text in on double eight double three. That is the Temper and Bed Post text machine. Love to hear from you, though. Give us a yell.